0: I'm Sam Mitchell and these are my stories. Hi, folks. Have a good day today. Let me first welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now, before we begin, I must know that I am not a doctor, psychiatrist. If you're starting to die, so you're diagnosed with autism, please see a physician at least based on my experiences. I'll start on the right to the intro and after. They are found on ytmp3.com. I also have a mission statement I'd like to review with all of you. The mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is to take the stigma off of autism and other conditions that I may think are disabilities. People in the spectrum are not broken and do not need to be fixed. Those who have conditions or abilities are want to be pitied, there's nothing to be sorry about. I also have some people I'd like to thank. First, I'm I must indeed thank my latest guest, Luis Maranucci, and C234 in the Deep Blue Sea with Luis Maranucci, but what a great guy, and he is truly the epitome of Autism Rocks and Rolls. I have received some more Cutthroat Kitchen fan mail. This piece of mail is from Chef Jeremiah Bullfrog. Thank you for hearing me out, man. Some Saturdays ago, ARAR ran by Bedford to get a gift card from Magic Morning Bakery that you'll be using in the future. We appreciate Magic Morning's Bakery's kind donation and their delicious treats. And since the last episode, I've been featured on some podcasts. I was on the Public Access Podcast with Rusty Diamond, Meet the Elite Podcast with Meet the Elite Team, the Joey Conklin Show with Joey Conklin, and the Success After Trauma Podcast with Greg Fizz. What great podcast, everyone. For today, we have a popular podcast pro wrestling legend. Some of you might know her as Victoria from WWE or Tara from TNA. Coming from the world of bodybuilding and fitness, she took pro wrestling by storm because she has held the Women's Championship in both companies with W Legend China's Encouragement. She became a two-time WWE Women's Champion, a five-time TNA Women's Knockout Champion, and even a member of Vince's Devils. I have her on my show for two reasons. The first reason is that at a point in her career, she represented mental health by portraying a demented, sadistic villainess while feuding with WWE Hall of Famer, Trish Stratus. Secondly, when she is outside the ring, she is one of the nicest human beings you will ever meet. As I believe, I believe that she has this aura where after someone speaks to her, you will leave feeling better about yourself. Let's welcome a retired bodybuilder, entrepreneur, retired cheerleader, and W legend to the podcast, Autism Rocks and Rolls. Victoria, how are we doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing awesome. What an amazing intro. The part that almost made me cry up is like when you
0: leave meeting me, you feel good about yourself. Oh my goodness. You do. I think a lot of people do. And I'm not just saying that from me, there are like people before I met you that said that. Oh, I want to say thank you so much for
1: having me on the show. And I love your intro about saying don't feel sorry for autistic people. And it's amazing. And I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much, Sam.
0: So my first question to you is what did representing mental health mean to you? Oh my goodness. I did a lot of volunteer work. I was with Make-A-Wish
1: Foundation and they had a a -A Make-A-Wish segment on there. And I would visit mentally challenged kids with mostly Down syndrome and major, major fans. I don't treat them much differently than everybody else, where I think it's very important, but we need to have that awareness. I think when people like parents, like, I'm ADHD, and I only got diagnosed seven years ago for ADHD, and I wish, like, people were a little bit more cognizant of what symptoms are. For all the old school parents and people having kids, get them tested out because... Yeah, there could be a reason, a hands down,
0: why they're doing this. It may not be the way, unfortunately, that yeah. society lives anymore, where you have that old school mind, but it's a behavior, and you're going to punish us for something we can't can't help. Seriously. Exactly.
1: Amen. 100%. And what were your
0: initial thoughts when you learned that you were going to represent mental health?
1: I was very honored when they asked me to do this. There's no questions or anything like that. I just, okay, what do you need me to do? Visit homes. When you're picked out to go visit certain genres, I also was part of the rock the vote, get people to vote, and also a lot of mental health. And when you get picked out to do this and charities and stuff like that, it's an honor
0: because it's easy. I'm good with people. You really are good with people. I don't know where that comes from. I have a question about that later, but my mind was wishing you're a part of making. Make a Wish, I got another organization for you. This is one of my previous guests. And for the listeners, C219 on the silver screen with Tamika Lamison, but she runs in California, Make a Film Foundation. It's basically Make a Wish, but with movies.
1: Oh, that's amazing. And I'm in San Diego. So that's just two and a half hour drive. So yeah, you can it, reach, out to, to reach out to me. I will Absolutely. definitely
0: tell her to do that because it's definitely where they take these children with life-threatening conditions and unfortunate illnesses. They get to live out their legacy by making films. And i watched some of the films they're not like out in the backyard boonies they're like high tech quality hanging out with johnny depp and jk simmons
1: wow that's amazing yeah reach out to them
0: based on playing victoria how do you think someone with mental health issues brain operate
1: i don't know i'm not a doctor but I think we all have a little bit of a psychotic gene in our system. How I got that psycho character was the way I wrestled. They thought I wrestled very psychotically and I thought I was just being more aggressive and more exaggerated and more vocal. Did I question it? Of course not. I enjoyed my character. I never even saw myself psychotic, to be honest with you. Thank goodness for Stevie Richards. I got to work with him and I guess we're both psychotic wrestlers evidently this label, but I loved it. Maybe they gave my character and they were like May me go to do all the visits i don't think so
0: but i maybe think so. who knows but who cares at I this point? Either. you represented mental health in the best way possible you helped out a teenage boy who was not in the most pleasant place at his time i mean the characters that are like you the boogeyman the undertaker they're like over the top phenomenal literally because even though i'm not a fan of horror movies i don't mind being the guy scaring people I just don't like being scared though. But I knew it was fake and it wasn't real out in the real world.
1: Yes. And I have to do have to explain to people that we are a storyline. We are a movie and or a tv series and the show must go on and we don't really exactly get to pick what we do it's because it's a show some actors are told to do a certain character and you're like okay what am i portraying but i went with it i rolled with it and i loved it and that's one of my favorite characters thank you for that now what is the most rewarding and the most difficult part when
0: you represented mental health
1: i don't think there was a difficult time i treat everybody equally and honestly. There wasn't a difficult time. It was more rewarding than anything.
0: I think there was one difficulty you kind of mentioned in interviews before. People thought you were her in
1: real life yes and that's why I find especially when you're active on the roster you find that people are afraid to talk to you and even to this day when I do appearances at the Square Circle Expo that we met that people are like "Wow, you are completely opposite than your character and I'm like don't forget we're acting as well because I became that bully from school that people hated and did what the bullies did that they're going to make people hate me but I was never that person I'm a nice person I want to meet you regardless
0: list through that expo but i just knew previously because of testimonies through other people but i'll just tell you this if those testimonies did not exist i would have thought you were victoria period the thing
1: about with wrestling fans too and the podcasts and and all these appearances i do wrestling fans are super loyal and i made so many friends along this business not wrestlers but the fans become my friends the big family and i think what brings us all together is we're wrestling fans so every wrestling fans get along it's almost like a church
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can agree with that. That's what I appreciate right there too because when I notice there's some wrestlers and I'm not trying to name your friends or just there's a whole population of pro wrestlers. They let money get to their head. They don't probably aren't people, people where you're like, oh, hey, we like, I'm not doing these meet and greets. You kidding me? But you got a fan base.
1: That's baffling to me, Sam, because who pays our bills is our fans. So I don't understand that mentality. My generation, we didn't make a ton, 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 ton of money. I think the girls do well now and the guys do, they, they pay very well, but we're very passionate about what we do. And we know that meet and greet
0: and podcasts and appearances are part of the business. Even though I don't agree with it, I understand it to a point because it would be exhausting to do meet and greet weekend in, weekend out. Like you had one I saw last week on Saturday and Sunday. How I don't know how you could do that both days. I'd be like, all right, let's go Saturday, whoop-de-doo. Then Sunday, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me.
1: Sam, most weekends, I do a lot of Comic-Con, but they are exhausting, don't get me wrong. When I come home, I need to sleep a day and recoup, but for me, I enjoy them. It's not work. I get to reunions with old friends and meet new fan base and new people and realize what they appreciated about my character, like in WWE and TNA. I do need two days usually to recharge because I'm preparing for the next weekend. And for me, I don't want anybody to meet me and be disappointed. I'm not going out after the show. I need to go get some sleep because tomorrow I got a rock and roll for the fans too.
0: And I do have a question about Square Circle and a certain karaoke performance, but I'll get into that later. But before I do, what advice would you give to others who want to represent mental health?
1: Oh my gosh. I think a lot of people are suffering mental health like with depression. A lot of people can't afford to go to a shrink or get that health insurance, but there are online avenues to get some help. I encourage like my coworkers and other wrestlers you got to be involved you got to know what's going on these days and adulting life gets in the way also too like us wrestlers we're really focused we're like three to four days on the road on the weekend to take that time to recoup and vent i always tell people therapist is not a bad word if you need a therapist you need someone to vent to because i don't think if there's not one perfect person we need
0: there is not a person who not made one mistake in their life you could talk to the nicest person in the guy and the most polite person even he probably forgot to pass the salt we'll talk about the squared circle expo so how did you get to attend the squared circle expo
1: i was reached out by adt promotions i was originally supposed to do just saturday and i was like isn't this a two-day event and they said yes and i go why don't you have me booked on both days they said they never worked with me they didn't know how it was going to go i go well let me come out friday too and so i asked To be included on friday i don't like to go just to a one day thing unless it's a wrestling independent show usually they're just one day i'm not the high maintenance kind of wrestler that goes i only do saturday 12 to 3. i'm the whole entire day the
0: whole hall. I enjoy it. Yeah, you're now like MJF from AEW going like, alright, I'm doing this. I demand to be the highest paid wrestler. And I bet part of it was character. I think most of it is
1: character because I was hearing stories at these conventions, Sam. We don't really get to go wander around and go say hi because what if someone's at our table wanting to meet us and then they have some other panel to go to? I'll take a break to go tinkle or go get outside to get fresh air and not, not being stuck in the convention center. I'll go, Whew. Okay, let me get some coffee. I need to be energetic. I don't want anybody to be disappointed meeting me. I hope, because I don't want to know people that are like that. Because generally, my friends I hang out with are very down to earth and people, people. You know, Yeah, people. I'll
0: give you props though people with MJF. I haven't seen much with him, but I've heard he's probably one of the greatest wrestling heels of all time.
1: And also too, you got to keep in mind, back in the day when I was in WWE as that psycho character, I didn't do a lot of appearances, Sam, because it was old school mentality where we played our character, so we were not allowed to be, be friendly with the fans because we wanted them to think that we're really that character. Even though a lot of people knew it was entertainment, there was a lot of people that didn't know it was entertainment. So we wanted to play the character even outside Of the ring. So when I was wrestling against Trish, Lita, Mickey James, we never traveled together because we were not supposed to be seen together because we have a big wrestling angle. A good heel is old school where they play their character in real life, which is very difficult for me because I'm not that bad guy mentality. I'm a nice person. I treat everybody with respect. That was the hardest part. Like when I went to a restaurant and a fan came up to me and they're like, Oh, you're actually nice. And I go, Well, is Trish Stratus around? Because I'm not gonna be nice if she's here. I hope he's not like that, but it makes me interesting it is interesting i'd like to know too it would be weird to go see when undertaker was undertaker to go see him do a meet and greet or a convention and him going hey buddy how you doing you're like oh i don't want to hear undertaker talk like that i want undertaker to be undertaker yeah there's
0: a funny story with that actually i can tell you so at the expo there was like this wrestling show you were there i think because you're with our buddy scott Pull it and did your flight mess up that day? By the way, no, no, I felt like your day. flight screwed up on Saturday. Maybe oh, it was no, no,
1: no, 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 no. Okay, well, I was supposed to fly out that night, and there was no way I was going to make my flight because I knew I had an early flight that would have meant I would have left two hours early that day. And I'm like, please don't let me leave early. Take advantage that I'm there. And so I would have never made my flight anyway. So we just postponed the flight to the next day. And I did go to that wrestling show. And one of my favorite wrestlers is Colt Cabana. And I got to see him perform. And I missed Mickey. I got to see Nick Aldis wrestle. And I do like to go to Indies because I do like watching as a fan. Because I still am a fan.
0: Oh, me too. Hands down. I found wrestling since I was six. I ain't growing out of it for nothing, man. Uh, but I gotta be honest, I like Shark Boy. Shark Boy's way. Oh better.
1: no, okay, I'm sorry. I love Shark Boy.
0: You can't go wrong. With Shark Boy,
1: I have one of his maps from 15 years ago. I still have it. Yes, yeah, I'm a big the fan. The funniest
0: thing though with that, um, so these guys were coming out, you think it was against the headbangers. These other guys, you're talking about not breaking character. This manager would not break character. Like, I try to get my high five, like talking to them outside. Same guy you would think as a guy from the sidelines. Booing people, telling them, sticking the tongue out.
1: But see, I like that, especially after you do a wrestling show. When you're a heel, which is a bad guy for you guys new watching, Babyface is a good guy for you guys new watching. When you're a heel and you just wrestled a show and they go back out and sign autographs afterwards, I feel bad for the heels because you don't get paid a lot, a lot of money. So you want to sell the 8x10s and photo op with you to make extra money. But they just did a bad guy. You have to be in character after you just did a show. Yeah, It I seems really like do.
0: heels have more responsibilities. Very true. But yeah. to be honest though, I would want to be that guy oddly enough. Like I want to go to meet and greets and go, I had too much fun with that.
1: I think they do too. I remember going to TNA
0: and ODB was the
1: bad guy. And I was the good guy and I did the meet and greet. And so they paid extra for the meet and greet during that tour. We would go somewhere really obscure and not be seen by people. I would get her dinner. She goes, why are you getting my dinner? And I go, well, you were the heel. I was the babyface. I made more money tonight. i like to buy you dinner. She goes, oh my gosh, Lisa or Tara at the time. No one does that. And I'm like, well, shame on them because it takes two in the ring, the heel and the baby face are a team making a good match. Take care of each other. That's my point.
0: Yeah, as a song reference, what's a song? You're a hip-hop fan, so Rob, E, Baze, It Takes Two to Make Things Go Right. It
1: takes two to make a thing go right.
0: Exactly. Thank you. It
1: takes two to make it out of sight. I can't believe you remember that song. I think you you were probably four years old at that time. I'm a
0: song geek. What can I say?
1: Okay. All right. That was my generation.
0: Some of your generation, I'll admit, it was pretty good. So, you were meeting a lot of people, but then I come, right, with the Autism Rocks and Rolls Shirts giving you this big, giant... Bear hug almost. Uh, what were your first thoughts of me? Very sweet
1: and very energetic. Shame on me. You did a promo contest to do a promo, which is talking on the mic, and I missed it. You know, when people trinkle in your table, you can't go, Sorry, I gotta go. That's so snobby. I think it's conceited. And I was like, Oh man. And so I was like, I missed your promo and excited. And that's what us wrestlers really enjoy seeing when someone is excited to meet you. Thank you for that.
0: Yeah. Part of it was probably me being a childhood dream come true. I mean, getting to meet lots of wrestlers. I mean, I met in some before, and for the listeners, I've had Mick Foley on, Al Snow, R V D, Raven which is a big shocker because he's definitely a good guy. I would never bash Raven. Raven's amazing, but I think he's kind of picky. Yes, and so
1: am I. I'll be honest with you. But when I met you, when you told me you had a podcast, you're like, I want you to be on my podcast. I go, absolutely. And that's when Scott and Jared from Heated Shenanigans, right? They reached out. And he goes, he's wanting to set up the interview. And I was like, okay, what day? Just give me a couple dates because sometimes we're filming for a God TV show. Yes, I'm happy to finally right. do it.
0: Me too. You love, apparently, that body's performance, so karaoke? Ring a bell? I love love karaoke.
1: I love, love, love karaoke. That's my guilty pleasure, but I don't think I should be guilty about it. If someone says, oh, there's karaoke. And I'm like, what time? Where at? Where is this? I don't have a a voice of a songbird, but I do love karaoke. And did you see when I dragged Mickey James on stage, she was like, oh, Lisa. I'm like, we have to do. No, I probably women. left at
0: that time. But what'd you think about oh, Body's performance? Amazing.
1: I like people that have no, they're not shy about it. I think get up there. Even if you don't sing well, you can make a fool of yourself. It's still enjoyment.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. oh, you, fun fact for you. I wasn't that guy 50 years ago. I, a goal. Ago. I was basically yeah. more of the guy hiding in the corner. Almost think of it as the boogeyman eating worms. Except I didn't eat the warmth. it's just I couldn't fit in with people. But
1: that's normal as being young. I think when you're growing up and you're a teenager or just young, you got to find your crowd that you actually fit in. But I find that odd because in wrestling, when you go to these after parties and all these dinners, I think everybody fits in. Because we're all nerds about it and we all are marks and we all are fans of wrestling. So that unites us and I don't think there's any shame in that. So I'm glad you grew out of
0: that. I think it was part of my fault because just low self-esteem and just being afraid of getting judged on what the next guy will judge you on. And as you can remember being 14, people look at you and every day, they don't have time for different. Some statements that you may see or may not see through this podcast will come out and they sound a lot better in my head. But when you spin them out, it's a, a what now?
1: Yeah, exactly. And also too, I think you're not different than any other kid as a 14 year old. We're all insecure. And afraid to be judged and trying to fit in. You don't want to be singled out as like an oddball. But every kid goes through that. I even went through that as an adult in WWE. I didn't know to who to hang out. I was so scared to be there. I was so new. And I was like, oh my God, people are judging me because I'm not really a super experienced. And I think every job you go into... You're going to be insecure every new school when you go from junior high to high school you feel that insecure and that insecurity i like to say you know i'm 52 you're never going to get over the insecurity you're always going to feel it you're always going to feel it it's just that's a natural human response
0: yeah but in return i think you kind of hate it when you see others so basically when you're wrestling even though that kids at the time don't see the struggles they think it's a dream, right? They're like, "Oh, we're in the ring. They get to see people. everyone's treating you with respect?" Mm, I didn't see that. want to treating me with respect because of me being different. So, at that time frame, watching you, even though it was a dream come true for me, you were kind of the problem unintentionally.
1: I became the bully. Also, you can say that my character was an oddball. Like in my generation of wrestling, each wrestler was so individual that the fan can relate to a certain wrestler because they're like, oh, they're like me. And that's the important part about picking your character is trying to identify with the crowd and make them feel what you're feeling. Like I was the giant girl beating up Trish Stratus. So everybody loved Trish Stratus because she's the smaller girl and I overcame her and became the bully, but they can identify her struggling against a bully like myself, but conquering.
0: Right. Exactly. With the villain, you got to make being evil fun correct me if i'm wrong but is that the case because you were cool as a villain the NWO was cool as a villain and they got over 24% with shirts.
1: Okay, so I got over with the crowd. Like I was getting a big fan base when I was evil. And that's why they turned me babyface because I was starting to have a huge fan base. So they thought, oh no, she's supposed to be hated. But people started loving me because I was so not the cookie cutter wrestler. I was the big girl. I wasn't the Barbie doll type. I really liked being the villain. I'll be honest with you. It was easier for me. Most of these girls you meet, they're really tiny. So the Goliath, I was the giant against the smaller people. It's easy to hate me because I'm a bully. In the ring, not in real life. Right.
0: That's what Mick Foley happened to when he was Mankind in 1996. I mean, he set himself on the bio. He was like, there was no turn. It's just more and more people cheered for me.
1: I wish they didn't turn me babyface. That was a difficult turn for me. I didn't know how to be a babyface. That's why I came out kissing babies and going to little kids and giving them a hug. I didn't know how to do it because I was such a good heel than a babyface. It was a real struggle because to get people to love love you is very difficult in the ring because you are out there being judged too.
0: I'm surprised with that though, because you're not that person outside the ring. So couldn't you maybe who you would have brought outside in the ring to who you were inside? It was hard
1: because I started such like a bad girl in the ring and to turn me automatic, like boop good guy. I was like, I was a heel for so long. How am I going to get these people to love me? I'm going to need a really good heel to wrestle to make people love me and beat me up so that I can get sympathy. Yeah, that was my personality outside the ring. But like when I hear my entrance song, I like clicking into that character going, all right, this is wrestling, baby. This is wrestling. And I like doing characters. So Maybe for that
0: baby face, you should have fought Kane. Maybe that would have gotten you over. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Now, speaking of Trish, we were talking earlier. When did you learn that you were going to feud with Trish Stratus? When I got to TV. They don't really email you a script. Every time you
1: travel, you would get to the building early and they would tell you, hey, you're going to be doing this tonight. We don't know prior to the weekend before. We learn at the show. So that also prevents leakage to the website to know what we're going to do. So when I found out about that, and she actually pitched, I want to work with Victoria. It was an honor. And we had some killer matches. We had an agreement. Let's say sorry now. Let's just have a good match. We might accidentally take a punch. We might really hurt each other. We didn't mean to, but you get so engulfed in the wrestling match that we had an agreement. I'm not really meaning to hurt you, but let's put a good show on. Yeah, she was amazing.
0: I think she hurt you more from hearing interviews you got your nose broken by
1: her. That was from the trash can though. Like on the 2002 at the Survivor Series in Madison Square Garden, she catapulted me into the trash can in the corner and the trash can popped out in my face and broke my nose and chipped my tooth. I'm sure she didn't really mean to do that, but after that match when I watch it, that's most everybody's favorite match, but it's difficult for me to watch it because I remember I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I blanked out at that point because I was like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? gosh my eyes are wandering i can't see but that's the art about wrestling too sam you got to think on your feet we don't choreograph everything we're doing out there it's a show and if something goes awry you got to be able to think on your feet to correct it so it's just a one-time gig it's not like a movie where you're like hey you messed up on that line. Let's do it again. We don't have that option.
0: Oh, we get one time. and that's one time what I actually love because I would not be good at that. Like, I'm not thinking, I've considered myself an actor before, but, you know, I've always, you know, had that in the back of my mind thought, like, well, I'm probably a good actor. But then I think, oh, well, wait a minute. It's a certain script. And I am okay with the script to a point, but I'm more yeah. of an on-the-fly guy. The adrenaline takes over. So, I and mean, maybe what... the next thing you know, I'm giving Seamus' 10 beats of the Bodhran, but then I'm thinking... Oh, ooh, hmm, I'm at an RKO now. And also too, in
1: wrestling, you know, the backstage promos, we don't get something written down for us. They just tell us verbally, just make sure you plug in this, make sure you do this, make sure you do this, and then put it in your own words. So we have to go, Hey, check me out on this date. Well, I'm going to destroy. We would just go into our own words.
0: I so love that. That's, don't that's you love my that? style of working with people though. It's almost like improv.
1: When you go to a theater and they just, someone throws out a subject and you just go with it. You know, that's improv. That's the thing. So I, that's I suck at
0: acting, thing. but I'm wonderful at improv. Go figure. You're talking about backstage moments or something kind of kooky. Was there any moments in wrestling where you didn't think, oh, I'm not doing it, but you thought, this is what we're doing right now. I'm doing this. Was there a comical backstage moment you had?
1: Okay, so when there's a scene, um, I was with the Godfather girls, with Godfather. We did a shower scene. I was with the other girl, the other Godfather hoe, and we were doing a shower scene with Eddie. Of course, we're not naked in the shower. We have the showers running, but we have a towel and a bathing suit on back there. And I was like, we're supposed to, two girls taking a shower with Eddie. I go, what the heck am I doing? Of course, you don't say, no, I'm not doing it because this is the show. But I'm like, I hope my parents don't watch this segment.
0: (laughs) I'm like, whatever with me. I'm like, all right, you're going to hang me upside down with the rope. All right, what the heck? You know what? I've done dumber things, so. Of course, I didn't say anything. I
1: just did it. It's the show. You want to be easy to work with. If you're difficult to work with, you're not going to get a
0: lot of segments. I going to be like, I ain't doing this. You kidding me? But I'd be like, yeah. really, dude? This is what we're doing right now? Really? The only time I said no, they wanted to change my character
1: to Demi Moore when she was GIJ. So they wanted to shave my head. And I said, please don't. I go, I'm super insecure about, I don't think I'll look good bald. And then we were in the generation when girls were supposed to be really attractive and meek and very confident stuff. So I go, please. I'm not comfortable shaving my head because I do not look like Demi Moore. And I went to Fit Finley with Sergeant Slaughter's idea about that. I still give them rave about that. And I went to Fit Finley. I go, please tell them I am not comfortable shaving my head, honestly. And most of my moves, I pulled my hair and my finisher was the widow's peak after my hairline. And I was like, you're taking away a lot of my stuff. I do. So that was the only time I didn't say, no, I'm not doing it. But I had a lot of people say that she's not going to perform as well. Oh, boo-hoo
0: on them. But
1: they didn't make me. They didn't do it. They oh, didn't do that's it.
0: good. And that was for Molly Holly, right? No,
1: no, that was way before. They wanted me to do it way earlier than that match. Way early. Just as a character. Not a hair versus hair. But then Molly Holly was the one that pitched at WrestleMania 20, I want to be the first girl to get her head shaved on WWE.
0: And, and you so, were the one saying, you don't want to do it. I'll be like, oh, heck yeah, I want to do that. I always want to try going bald. I'd be like, oh, let's
1: do it. Me, 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 me. She's like, I want to be the first. And then they asked her, who do you want to wrestle? And she said, I want to wrestle Victoria. And so that's how I got that WrestleMania 20. It's always nice to be nice to people that you work with. And I'm very giving in the ring, whatever someone wants to do. Okay, you want to do that move? Okay, we're going to do it. Okay. I never said, oh. I don't think we should do this. I'm too big of a character to do this. I was very giving and that's why I had a longevity. I was good with the newbies.
0: Did you take any newbies under your wing? I yes. mentored them.
1: Christy Hemi, Lena Yada, all the girls that were came from the Diva search and Brooke Testmacher, Ivory, Lisa Moretti from Ivory, right to censor. She took me under her wing when I first came to WWF at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be like that. I wanna treat people with respect. Even though they came from modeling, I don't care. They're coming to even make a chance at wrestling and you gotta give them respect if you want to come in there and
0: get a beating. I like yeah. ivory's right to censor. I know a lot of people hated right to it. censor, but I loved it. I'm like, you were I like, loved it. This is amazing. If people told me how to live
1: my life like this, I'd be booing them too. They're fun to yeah, she was amazing. And then she didn't have a script. She just talked what she talked and yeah she's amazing. She you know she came from acting in the past. So she was really good at improv. Excellent wrestler one Of my role models
0: in wrestling, so now what is your favorite match that you were in or not, either one in or out, doesn't matter. From your time in WWE, well, my favorite match that I was
1: in was we did a Halloween costume and I was a sumo wrestler. Do you remember that one? No, I
0: actually do remember that. I had a okay. network, so I actually did this really cool project. It was kind of cool, but time consuming But you know what? When yeah, you it's lost so much consuming. you're gonna do it from 1985 yeah. to uh, what year, year? year around your time frame, and I think I stopped at. Twenty nine, because I was getting tired of it. But I watched all the uh, wrestling pay per views.
1: Okay, so I did that match. Um, did the sumo outfit, which was weighed a ton. So I did it in my mind, going, "These girls can't lift me out of the ring. This is a rumble. We have to throw each other off the top rope, right?" And I was like, "They're not gonna be able to lift me out of the ring. I'm gonna win this." But when I got to the ring, all the girls were laughing so hard that they almost peed their pants. And that was my favorite because it wasn't so serious, and to see everybody break character in the ring, going, "Oh my." god.
0: Victoria Oh my you're hilarious I remember face. that actually it seemed like that Was Trish laughing the hardest It seemed like
1: she was about um, to die Mickey James Mickey James was like laughing she was like, I'm going to pee my pants. I'm going to pee my pants. And I was like, you guys, we only have two minutes left to, to get this match done, you know, because you only have a certain amount of time for a match. And she was laughing the hardest. I started laughing when Boy Wilson and myself, she was a football player. And when she started, she got up and she goes, Ooh, like this. And then she's sweet as pie. To see her try to look tough, I said, oh my God, you're the cutest thing ever. And she goes, shut up. I'm trying to look tough.
0: You should have been like a Victoria yeah. character. Oh my God, you're the I, cutest thing ever. I go,
1: you're the cutest. Yeah, of course no one saw me say that. But I'm like going, doing my whole sumo thing. And I'm like, oh my
0: God, you're the cutest ever. Look at you trying to be tough. Now it's something kind of interesting. So I want to look at, let's pretend there's a diagram here. So we have Victoria and Lisa Marie Varon. Are there any similar character traits that Victoria and Lisa Marie Varon have. Yes, there's probably just one. I'm not really that mean. I'm a little crazy.
1: You know, I'm, I'm one of those loud people, no filter, um, like to make people laugh and react. But I think one character is you don't know what to expect when you meet me or what I'm going to say. Just be on your toes when you meet me. I'm yeah. afraid
0: I don't understand. Can you go further in depth?
1: Okay. Yeah. Like, um, I think when people meet me, like, uh, I don't think they realize I'm such a jokester. That's a surprise to people. And then as my psycho Victoria, you're surprised of what I'm going to do and how badly I want to win the match. So everything I do is like, going, I didn't expect you to do that. And I'm like, well, never expect anything from me because you're going to get something you're just not going to expect. You know? Right. I'm the same but way with joking, My humor is like child is
0: bathroom humor.
1: Okay, good. Yay. I didn't hear any of that, Sam. Oh, I mean, I didn't hear. Once you he get to know pastor- me
0: outside and people who are listening, I keep a public image. But when I hang out, the moment i probably going to go tell the joke. Oh, hey, guys, I. I go. go, uh, it was about this size, you know.
1: It's funny because it's like, you want to get to know a lot of the fans like in person, but you see like when someone else is trying to get in line to meet you, start a conversation. You're like, oh gosh, there's someone else wanting to meet me. And it gets cut off, you know, like so suddenly. But you're like, okay, we'll come back. We'll talk later. And then by the time they come back, there's someone else in line. So it's very hard to get to know the real people unless like they go to the karaoke or the after parties at these things.
0: Maybe they just have to move them. Maybe like, all right, I was here first. Move it. (laughs) Victoria wants me. (laughs) Now, how'd you describe your ring style? Because I think it's definitely powerhouse, but I think there's some other elements to it. I was a gymnast as a kid. I was a cheerleader, his dance background. How I got that psycho character
1: is that they really, they said, you wrestle really crazy. And I go, I wrestle Memphis style, which is old school where it's very exaggerated. So my exaggeration was how I got that psycho thing too. And also I am the one that catches everybody. Let them do their flippity doodles, even though I was a gymnast, but I was a big girl. Let them do all their fancy stuff and I'll catch them.
0: So you just added powerhouse with gymnastics. That was it. But there's one movie that's kind of special, The Widow's Peak. How did Molly Holly approach you about The Widow's Peak? She saw Roderick Strong do
1: this Widow's Peak. It wasn't called Widow's Peak, but she saw him do it at an independent show. She came back to TV's. She goes, Victoria, I have a finisher for you. And I'm like, okay. She goes, okay, pick me up in a power bomb, hook my neck, I'm going to hook my legs. And she goes, drop to your bottom. And I go, what? I have your neck. She goes, I'll be okay. And we did it outside in WWE. And everybody was watching, not just us. Everybody was just like going, I want to try something new. We would go out there to kind of also not practice, but go over new repertoire, new moves. And everybody saw that and they went, oh, they were like, oh my gosh. And then Vince saw it. And then she saw Vince. She goes, How do you like that finisher bit for Victoria? He goes, Are you okay? She goes, Yeah. He goes, I love it. And then that's how I was giving it to it. So thank you, Roderick Strong. Thank you, Molly Holly.
0: Better than the snap suplex, I'll tell you that much as a finisher.
1: Yes, I know. I love doing the snap. That was my favorite move to do
0: until the Widows Peak. And just say, yeah. if that's gonna be your finisher, you gotta find a way to make it like that. I didn't, it, mean like, to effective do that. I, didn't I
1: didn't mean to do that because that Survivor series, I was supposed to crack the mirror on Trisha's head. And when 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 we were running, she stepped on the mirror and it crumbled to pieces. So the finish got messed up. So I just go, I know there's a fire extinguisher. And my go-to move was always a snap suplex. So that's why I did it. And that wasn't planned. That's why I hate watching that match too.
0: You know what's cool? I watched it again just to see. You did really good hiding it. I didn't notice. The show must go on. Can't show mistakes on your face. Yeah, because I had be like, oh, shoot. Uh. Now, we got to talk about this amazing personality because you're the second person I've had on the show. Due to kindness. The other guy, and I'll just promote him real quickly, for the listeners, and I'll tell you about him too, C223, Rock Your Appetite with Tommy Stevens, but Tommy was a competitor on Hell's Kitchen, season nine. And you would think, based on looking at him, and he's said this himself, he's not successful, because he's tattooed, head to toe. There's a stigma with tattoos, like people from head to toe. They think you're ex-gang bangers. You're not safe to be around. Not Tommy. When you talk to him, one of the nicest people you will ever meet. And he's an executive chef. And that's
1: why, and that's when people judge. They shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Shame on people for thinking that. I'll be honest with you. Today's date, we shouldn't be thinking that. Honestly, I grew around, like, I grew up, like, all these wrestlers had tattoos and they're the nicest people. But he's even said himself. He
0: made a really joke. He was on Cutthroat Kitchen. It was another cookie show and he said, I've only been arrested eight times. I thought, wow. Yeah, didn't really. He was being sarcastic. But
1: oh, oh, okay.
0: Being kind with this personality, who was probably the biggest influence that taught you to be kind? Was it your family, a mother? And where did that nice personality come from?
1: See, my parents are very coachable. My mom could talk to anybody at the grocery store. Like we wouldn't leave the grocery store. She's talking to the cashier. I have three older brothers. We're all big personalities. If you come to dinner at our house, you can't get a word in. We're all talking over each other. It's loud. We're banging on the dishes. But my oldest brother got his gold medal in the Pan Am Olympics for high school wrestling and college wrestling. And he set the example, I think, growing up where he was such a people person, Mr. Popular, nice to every person on the planet, even regardless you're homeless, you're crazy. And I grew up with that. I don't think it's taught. I think it's just part of your upbringing as a kid. So I don't, I've never been a mean spirit person, only as my character in wrestling.
0: Right. But that personality, I mean, I said it myself, you have this aura where- When people leave, they feel better about themselves. I mean, I've seen it happen through the testimonies via Facebook and even with myself. I mean, when I walk, I'm not literally kidding. The moment I walked away from you, I was like, no, I actually feel really good now for five seconds, but then... I got excited again. For five cents I was like, you know, she made me feel like I'm like a gold medalist, metaphorically, clearly. Where did that amazing personality of yours come from? Was it the outspokenness of your parents? Was it the fact that you learned a valuable life lesson? And again, this is me just being curious. I think it's
1: just my mom and dad. They're people, persons. The type of mom that goes, someone comes over for a cup of sugar. This is really old school, by the way. My mom was just a lovely person and talked to everybody. And I think I just was surrounded. I think my family, my mom and dad, my three brothers gave me love and be confident of like who the heck you are and seeing how they interacted with people. I think I probably just learned it from my family. I'll be honest with you.
0: Well, I'll tell you about me where I learned it, what the heck of it. But my grandfather is actually where I learned it from. My parents too, obviously. Obviously parents number one, but where I think about it like in depth it's my grandfather for the listeners and for you c122 meet big joke for more information but the nice way to say it is his family's crazy like lots of his family members are crazy i mean they've had their own issues i won't get into what the issues are but they're sometimes like really like cuckoo 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 my point is here even though we're cuckoo we know love and that's all you need to win in this world is Love is love. I mean, they are still like very childhood spirit. I mean, I mean, they still believe in giving you gifts. They still believe in, I know in my childhood, when we had Christmas parties and we still do, I don't do this anymore just because of growing up, but they would bring the kids together. My aunt would always play a guitar and they would bring like, you know, the kids stuff would play like little kid instruments. I grew up with karaoke. My mom played the
1: piano and our family gatherings were all of us in the living room singing country roads, like all these old songs. That was our Saturday or until my brothers got to college they were away but still when we get together with my family for the holidays thanksgiving all the holidays my brother has a karaoke machine and we start doing that and that the party does not end tears start rolling and because we think about childhood and like memories and stuff like
0: that so yeah I think, and i think it comes uh, along with our personalities people, too because we're very open people like there's some people who won't You know, kind of don't want to do that because of certain reasons. But then there's some who are, like, very open. One example I could think of is my cousin, who is probably my best friend. We're very close. But he wanted to play this kind of child pie game. Now, if you were boring, you would say no because of just growing up. But me being an adult, I'm, like, this big kid at heart going, like, Okay, sure. Yeah, Let's do yeah. it. I
1: don't know what the child, what's the pie? What's the
0: pie game? This yellow thing with this hand, toy hand. And these two oh. people would be on the side. You push the button like 24 seven to get. I remember that. I, yeah, too, I remember that push game. Push that I and too then too remember that. whoever pushed it, Narsha had stop. We'll get pied. That is hilarious. Oh my God.
1: I'm very close to my family and I used to live in Chicago. And I, this is why I moved back to California. I lost my mom six years ago, but my dad is still here and I have my three brothers here. And I wanted to be close to my family because I was missing out on being on the road with WWE. You miss anniversaries, you miss Christmas, you miss Thanksgiving. Like there's all these holidays you miss. And I wanted to be close to home where if I want to go for a barbecue to my brother's house, I just drive over or take the train and I'm there.
0: Living by family yeah. is the As I live by family too. And oh man man. Anytime I go see my grandparents, I mean, it's a literally a walking distance.
1: Oh, that's nice. I'm jealous.
0: It's great, oh. man. I definitely use that luxury when I can.
1: Take advantage of that. I think I was talking a couple friends, like I feel guilty And my mom called and I put it on voicemail. And I'm like, don't do that because I wish my mom bothered me 24 seven now because family is important. You never know what's going to happen. And just, I think you realize that a little late in life because you go through that teenage phase or you're like, okay, well, I'm too busy right now, but you need to make time for family.
0: I do want to talk to you about your yes. TNA career. So how did you end up in TNA?
1: I didn't plan on going to TNA. I had my last match and I was trying to figure out what I want to do with my life because I was still older, but I was like, what do I want to be when I grow up? And then 30 days later, there's a no complete... You can't go to another company after 30 days. 31st day, I got a call from TNA. We want to sign you here. And I was watching TNA because Gail, Kim, and Awesome Kong had amazing matches. And I was like, well, let me try it. They wanted to sign me for three years. I said, let me do one year. Let me see if it's even for me. And there were some girls that I never wrestled before in my career. I had an amazing time. Most of my close friends are from there. And I'm in ODB's wedding in June. I'm the maid of honor. So I made some amazing friends. I'm very thankful about that. I had a good time.
0: Yeah, I could tell TNA was. Was definitely a fun but you brought a spider where the heck did that come from
1: not my idea since i was known as black widow in wwe i came to the tna show and they said are you tara and i go oh yeah yes i'm tara um they're like well these are for you and in boxes they were the tarantulas and they're like well you're gonna put this on the body after you put hit your widow's peak and i'm like what and they were like are you okay with that and of course you don't say no i just said i'll try it let's do it let's do it and i go are they venomous and they're like yes and i go well, what happens when I get bit? And they said, are you allergic to bees? And I said, I've never got stung by a bee. They're like, well, if it feels like a bee sting. And I go, okay, let's try it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So that's how it happened. I went with it, and I felt like Jake the Snake. I felt cool.
0: My issue is, here's the deal. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to do it. But if he bites me, it's on your
1: But they were like, every match I did that with the spider, and I would tell the referee, it's going to bite me. It's going to bite me. I can tell that it's, it's wiggling really weird. And he goes, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'll take the bite. I'm not going to drop it. I'm not going to do anything until I get backstage, and I'll give it to them. But you sign a contract. Whatever happens in the ring happens in the ring.
0: But that would just scare me. I'd be like, yeah. don't like say, maybe that was kind of harsh, but you got to have my back at least if something happens here. That just includes staying in the hospital said, with me one night, so be it. I
1: tore my knee in the ring. I hyperextended my elbow. Things happen in the ring. And so I would just say, this is part of wrestling. If he get, If I get bit, I get bit. What am I going to do? That's wrestling. But I enjoyed it.
0: I started embrace it. Now, since we did this with WWE, let's do this with TNA. What was your favorite match that you were in or out, like I said, doesn't matter, from your time in TNA?
1: My cage matches with Mickey and Awesome Kong. I had a lot of fun wrestling ODB because we would try to make each other laugh in those matches. But our cage matches, not my favorite to do because a lot of injuries happen, but it was amazing.
0: Are there any differences or similarities to WWE and TNA? The
1: big difference, and it's not the same now, but when I was in TNA... WWE was very much more organized. The pay was better. (laughs) I remember looking on Twitter and says the pay-per-view matches for Impact or TNA. And I was looking at it and I go, wait, today's Saturday, tomorrow's pay-per-view. I have a match tomorrow. And I called TNA and I was like, hey, I don't have a flight for tomorrow. I'm on pay-per-view. I just saw on Twitter. They're like, oh my God, we didn't send you a flight. So the organization, but they're different now. They have different bosses, very organized now. Kale Kim's the agent there too.
0: And plus that experience that Kale has is going to come into play with organizing because she's been a wrestler. So I do want to talk to you about something that you were, and that's a business lady. So you had a lot of business ventures. So did you always have that business mindset? No, my ex-husband,
1: he ran businesses. He was a great chef. And so he wanted to do the restaurant and I was the face. I brought people in because it was all wrestling based or of course, like you said, I have a personality so i would go table to table and make sure everybody's happy and like you know my last adventure was the squared circle restaurant and i got to go table to table watching wrestling on television coming to pay-per-views watching it was an aew but all the independent wrestling we did wwe nights we did tna nights and we would did independent nights and and then nxt nights so i was part of my gig was i just went table table eating pizza talking wrestling to everybody and that was it so that was my I'm good at that
0: now i do want to talk to you about your friendship with tori and trish so what were your first thoughts of tori wilson and trish strass when you first met them way before wwe
1: we met um the fitness industry tori and i competed in fitness and trish was in the fitness industry as well so i knew them back then when i saw them i'm like oh my gosh And that's what gave me the inkling maybe this is for me to be in wrestling and that's when I met China. and I said, Hey, I have two friends in the business, Trish and Tori. They're like, she goes, well, you have a really good look. You're muscular like her and you have a really good look. You you should wrestle. And that's when I send my stuff in and I got a call 30 days later and they wanted to meet me. I went to wrestling school and the rest is
0: history. It bit me in the butt. Kind of karma for you, right?
1: Yes. I thought I was not going to be good at it. I thought I was, it was going to last three months and ended up, I'm still in the business doing signings and this weekend I'm doing... I'm refereeing, I think, this weekend. I'm not even sure until I get there. This business, once you're in, you can't get out. It's part of your life.
0: Now, real quickly, you said Stevie Richards was a big influence in your career. So how did Stevie Richards help you launch your career?
1: Um, He didn't launch it, but when I was with him, he would keep me calm because I was one of those people that want to throw up before my matches. I get an upset stomach because I worried so much and I was so nervous, but he would pull me aside, give me the confidence, and I never went over anything we did I go it was all organic we're like do what you do as a psycho I'm here for you and I remember licking his face once and he goes oh my god I was only supposed to smell I go, and I ended up biting his ear and licking his face and he goes what was that and I go I'm so sorry and he goes no, that was great. So it was always disorganic with him, you know. Yeah, I
0: I could see that. Yeah. That I watched that and I thought, "Dang, you bit hard." No, I didn't. I didn't bite hard. It was uh-huh, just all, sure. it was all it was all
1: it was face expressions.
0: So, what is your paradise but, meal or favorite we have food? have two minutes just to let you know okay
1: my favorite food yeah my favorite food is korean barbecue and then japanese i, I always love pizza so yes korean barbecue
0: what is your favorite movie or tv show why do you
1: like it my, my favorite show right now is succession it's intense more of an anime lover i like squid games because my mom's from japan so the asian culture is really in my family my favorite movie princess bride with andre the giant i do like good comedy love story and a happy ending.
0: Now, what has been yeah. your favorite vacation that you've ever taken? Why did you enjoy that vacation very much?
1: My vacation was probably Hawaii a couple of years ago with my boyfriend. It was very relaxing. We had all these plans to do it. do stuff. But we just sat on the beach and just vegged out. Had romantic dinners. Watched fireworks. And it was just, it was beautiful. And so we went where all the
0: locals went. So and that's where my parents very... went did when they were in Destin. Definitely a good one right there. We need to visit. You it do. is a good you spot to visit to well folks i think that yes. is it? victoria is there anything you'd like to say before
1: we head out i just want to say thank you so much i sam for having me on the show and to all the fans that follow me and being so loyal and being so nice and like bringing back so many memories when you meet me and the stories i just really appreciate the support and i'm having a good time honestly i love wrestling and left wrestling is life that's all i have to say give your mom a big kiss from me thank you sam
0: Broken, 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 broken. Thanks for joining for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming in very soon. I hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much.